So this is the uh, official last night of uh, our winter retreat, 2023. And um, we'll be doing a, a ceremony called Asking for Forgiveness um, to uh, Lumpur Pasano, our senior guiding elder here at the monastery. It's a um, uh, kind of a reflection practice ceremony uh, that we do uh, at different times of the year for different occasions. Uh, and oftentimes when people are uh, leaving a monastery for a significant period of time, they will do the, the same asking for forgiveness reflection. And it's a very important uh, reflection if one uses it uh, other than just as a, a rite or a ritual or a ceremony, uh, but really taking it to heart and bringing it in. Because probably almost on a daily basis, it seems like uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we are either doing something to uh, offend somebody else or somebody else is doing something to offend us or you know, we take exception to things or uh, aren't skillful in some way and uh, have regrets uh, oftentimes. And one of the best things that we can learn is how not to carry things around uh, for a long period of time uh, and how to uh, recollect, remember, uh, use some reflection to, to see what's been skillful, what's unskillful, and to um, ask for forgiveness from other people and forgive ourselves and let things pass, move on. So asking for forgiveness ceremony kind of hi highlights this and brings it to mind, uh, the importance of of that and how not to, uh, to cling to uh, memories and perceptions. So we'll be doing that uh, in a little bit uh, as a way of wrapping up uh, this year's winter retreat. And it's very, it's very powerful. I, I w I've been reading, uh, just started reading uh, a biography of Ruth Dennison and um, just sort of in the, in the first parts of it now, but the uh, author, the biographer, is recounting some of uh, Ruth's early days before she became a Dhamma practitioner. And uh, she was a young woman in uh, World War II Germany, German uh, descent, and uh, was... Uh, present for uh, all the different aspects of, of those numbers of years, six years, I guess, uh, from the beginning to the end of the war in the early 40s. And um, was a bit isolated or inured from some of the things that were happening in the early days, uh, or the early years, uh, up until the last year or two of, of the war. Um, was able to uh, 
you know, she didn't get involved too much in um, all the politics and, uh, and the, the atrocities that were happening. She was able to kind of uh, avoid those. But um, as the war was coming to a close and uh, the occupying forces were moving in, um, she was basically losing everything in her life and uh, suffered uh, a lot. Uh, she had to flee and essentially was um, uh, on the move, on the road, uh, homeless uh, and scrounging uh, for subsistence, uh, living for over a year, I believe, um, until things kind of finally settled down and just suffered a lot of uh, tremendous difficulties and abuse, um, rape, uh, very serious, uh, various serious things. And she's recounting all of this uh, at this point to the biographer, um, but the biographer is also um, reflecting on all the years of uh, since then that have um, that she, the biographer, had been practicing with Ruth um, and, and how uh, Ruth rarely referred to these, these times, these incidents. Uh, she didn't dwell on them. She didn't make much mention of them. She was, you know, readily talking about them with um, the author uh, as the author was doing her interviews with Ruth and she wasn't mincing any words or pretending anything, you know, horrible didn't happen and would go into detail. But it just became real clear that she didn't make that the central part of her life, memories of the past, memories of all of these uh, abuses and difficulties. And that her basic uh, MO uh, was it's not worth going there. It's not worth revisiting. It's not worth rehashing. There's, you can't change the past. You don't deny any of it and the effect that it has and has had. But you just don't, there's no use, there's no use at all in, in just going back and, and letting it control your life, letting those memories control your life. So she was always very strong in that way. Um, and I don't, know what level of forgiveness um, was involved. That, that word hasn't been used so far in, in what I'm reading, but I can imagine that that's what, you know, the results of, of uh, actively working on forgiveness is, uh, comes to be. It's um, that sense of uh, not denying, uh, not repressing, but not dwelling, not cogitating, not regurgitating, uh, for, for, you know, no good reason. And the strength that that takes, because uh, the mind tends to go over things like this over and over and over again if it has a strong impact. So, uh, you know, it's a very beautiful lesson uh, to learn. Very hard one, but um, how to let go and how to move on uh, and not... Um, be uh, devastated for the rest of one's life. Because in, in reality, um, you know, the, the 
human world and human life is, is a mixed bag, 50-50. Yeah. Some really good things, some really awful things, and a whole lot of stuff in between that's sort of generally mildly positive or mildly negative and some fairly neutral. Uh, and um, we just can't avoid that kind of 50-50 aspect of uh, living in, in the human realm. <clears throat> and that, you know, most of the suffering that we create for ourselves um, uh, is, is like what um, the reading that Ajahn uh, Lumpa Pasana was doing last night uh, from Ajahn Chah uh, in terms of uh, suppositions, supposing uh, things into existence, creating a a reality of constructions, of, of um, yeah, the constructed realm, um, the conventions that we create around just about everything uh, that we experience, and how it's those constructions and conventions, those suppositions into, into being, into existence, uh, that create our, our world of experience, um, and how the ultimate goal is to just stop doing that, stop creating these, this realm of, of constructed reality, of conventional reality. Um, and that that's what leads us to the unconditioned. But yet, you know, we, we keep doing it uh, out of habit, uh, force of habit, very strong conditioning as a way of uh, experiencing less suffering, um, or that's the attempt anyway, by creating these constructed realities. So the task is, uh, you know, to understand that process, to see it happening, and to um, learn how to stop doing it. Um, a lot of that comes through the use of uh, seeing the nature of um, how, you know, we create a situation, then, you know, like the sankara aspect of it, volitional creations, uh, how the results that come from that, the, uh, the perceptual realm, you know, the patterns that we all uh, start to view our world through, those constructed patterns and the feelings that come up uh, point to uh, a conclusion, an ending. So not to uh, constantly get wrapped up in fruitless, fruitless endeavors, which takes a lot of guts and a lot of wisdom uh, to be able to see that and then follow through on that. So we can, you know, see in our own lives uh, how we get caught in these cycles. Um, the pull of believing in perceptions, um, believing in the memories that come up from the past, uh, even <clears throat> the memories of something that's just, you know, say recently happening, some uh, comments or 
conversations with people that have been difficult or uh, challenging. Uh, and um, what we create them into uh, and hold on to. Um, you know, the process of uh, these perceptions and experiencing these perceptions over and over again. I, I, I like the phrase uh, regarding them or, or uh, hoping to see them, eventually seeing them as paper tigers. You know, and how many times do we have a uh, perception, a memory, sanya, um, that we believe in and that we invest in and that we, you know, categorize people or events uh, in some way or another and, and hold on to them uh, as reality, only to find out that, you know, sometime later, it all changes, the perception changes, our experience of that event or of that person um, morphs, changes, melts away, and its reality as a tiger um, uh, just dissolves like paper, like a paper tiger. Where did it go? What was it all about? It just was a, you know, a construction in the mind. How many times of our worries, our fears, our concerns uh, turned out not to be valid. And to really reflect on that and look back and say, well, where did that go? What happened to that reality? And then, you know, the, the other side, the creation of it, you know, the uh, creation of um, people and opinions uh, uh, events to kind of justify uh, our underlying tendencies towards fear, anxiety, anger, whatever. Yeah, it's like the, there's another phrase called um, creating straw men. You know, these are like diversionary tactics that uh, uh, the, the mind will create, the Mara, the defiled mind will create. The, the defilements themselves actually create these straw men that are kind of you know, substitutes for reality. They're not the real thing. Uh, they're just, again, they're constructs um, that uh, we create. Um, it's kind of a uh, distortion of, of what a reality is. And they, they don't hold up either. They're, just made of straw, they're, they're fake. They're not the real thing. So we live in these, this constantly revolving world of uh, creating straw men and then living according to our perceptions of paper tigers uh, over and over and over again. And to see how ephemeral they are, how changeable they are. And when we do that, that's when we can really move into letting go and forgiveness. You know, if we can honestly uh, see um, how all the events that we took so seriously, um, and I'm talking about milder events than probably what, say, Ruth experienced, but um, just say even in the course of a three-month winter retreat, you know, the different challenges and uh, 
difficulties and hopefully a few, some successes and some insights, but to see, uh, you know, that thing that happened in January or that experience or that interaction, uh, that event, that person, you know, that memory, well, what happened to that in the, in the uh, next couple of months? Where did it go? What's it like? What's it like now? So, you know, like the winter retreat's been a, a real good opportunity to be able to slow down and uh, be able to look at this kind of stuff. Um, hopefully there were some beautiful moments that you can take from and learn from as well. Um, but if not, it's all, it's, all, it's all good in the end, in a sense, if we, if we use it uh, with the proper perspective. And then just uh, the difficulties, the slights, the problems. Um, to work on forgiving uh, and really, really doing that deeply. Uh, it's our way of, of moving on, letting the past be in the past. You know, we all experience, I was just thinking just in the past couple of days, uh, you know, watching my own mind. Um, and, uh, you know, the past three months, as we all know, uh, Ajahn Chunda has been working very diligently, very hard on getting together plans for building three or five, maybe, if we're lucky, uh, new kutis. Uh, it's been a lot of work with a lot of uh, learning and, and uh, different agencies involved, you know, building and planning and uh, environmental health, all the agencies in Utah, and then kind of thinking that, uh, you know, we were home free. Uh, I've been helping a little bit on the side, just attending, you know, adding a few comments here and there. Ajahn Chinda has been doing the bulk of the work uh, with great, great diligence, much better than I could have done. <laughs> um, and, uh, but anyway, just the other day, a... Uh, we thought that there was one particular government agency that um, we were going to be able to sidestep because of the nature of this project, which was going to be a relief, and then all of a sudden found out that we couldn't sidestep it. And so it kind of opened up a whole other can of worms uh, for him to attend to. And, and it was, uh, it was a, an agency that we've worked with before, and a number, quite a few years ago, uh, we had a real pretty significant, impactful uh, difficulty uh, with one of the people uh, at, this, at this particular place. And it was, you know, it made quite an impression in my uh, heart, in my mind, to, uh, and it lasted for, it kind of drug on for, for a while and then slowly petered out. And since then, we've had wonderful interactions with this particular agency as that other person moved on. But uh, so, you know, the, the most recent experience uh, has been quite, quite positive. But then as soon as uh, I heard that we, were going, we weren't going to be able to sidestep that uh, agency, all of that, it was incredible how quickly that, uh, that sanya, that memory uh, popped back up. 
and you know, I kind of immediately went into efficiency mode, <laughs> defensive mode of uh, making plans, you know, making sure Argentina understood the history, um, going through records, developing strategy, uh, all those kinds of things. Uh, and yeah, just feeling kind of like, oh geez, you know, having to go through all this again. Um, and, you know, it was in the afternoon, uh, later in the evening, as I was uh, up at my Kuti and kind of it was a bit, still a bit reverberating. And uh, I realized that, I, you know, I, I shouldn't just sit down and try and watch my breath. Uh, it was just too strong. Um, and um, have luckily, over the years, developed some strategies to kind of deal with, you know, this kind of... Uh, uh, mind state when it comes up, and I think we all experience it in different ways. You know, it's sort of like you get kind of charged up about something, and it's hard to uh, just let it let it aside. And so, um, you know, some of the strategies that I used uh, that night um, really helped move it along very fast, much faster than in the past. And and it's you know I owe that to you know, the teachings. And there's lots of different strategies that we can all learn and develop to kind of drop things, drop unpleasant uh, uh, experiences that we're engaging in in our, in our heads. Um, but uh, some of the ones that you know, worked that, work that night and that work for me in general are, are um, just doing some active reflections first, just to, to pose questions, and asking skillful, que skillful asking, que skillful question asking. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, kind of uh, starting out with um, a, a reflection uh, that is useful um, of um, uh, kind of along the lines of um, reducing expectations. You know, it's sort of like, well, what do I, what am I expecting, you know? Uh, and oftentimes it's, a, you know, a perfection, an idea of perfection, that it shouldn't happen this way, that these people should be more like this, that, you know, if they only knew, you know, what we were really doing and how important it was and, and that kind of stuff, then we wouldn't have to go through all of this. And, and you know, uh, expecting it all to work just the way it should work. Um, and realizing that that kind of expectation is is fruitless because the reality is that it isn't working that way. Um, and it's my expectation that it should be working that way uh, that's causing suffering. So to look at just reducing expectations um, to fit the reality. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, watching the perfectionist strategy uh, arise and uh, realizing that uh, it uh, it's a fruitless it's a fruitless endeavor, uh, and so yeah, letting that work its course, and then adding another reflection uh, in general, I find very useful of um, taking things to sort of you know what's the worst case scenario, not in a way that brings up anxiety, um, but in a way that brings one to a sense of reality um, and using that in combination with that kind of reducing expectations 
Um, so, you know, reducing the, uh, or the worst case scenario being, okay, well, what happens if they say no? Then we don't build these cooties. That's it. We don't have five cooties that we thought we were going to have. And that fits in with the reflection that we do on the four requisites, which we, I think we just chanted maybe this morning or the other day, yesterday, I can't remember. Um, home for a night, house for a night. That's all I can expect. You know, lodging for a night. Uh, food for one day. That's all I can expect. Medicine, uh, the ba most basic form of medicine uh, for illness. That's all I can expect. Uh, clothing, just to, one set of robes to cover the body. That's it. So reducing our expectations, worst case scenario, you know, would it be so awful? I'd still have lodging for a night and food for a day. And then, you know, another uh, kind of strategic contemplation in these kinds of situations is taking it straight to uh, Marana Sati, contemplation of death, um, as a way of bringing oneself into the immediate present and saying, what's really important? Is it really important? you know, for me to strategize about how to work with this particular agency. Um, what if I were to die tonight? Would I want this to be the state of my mind as I uh, take my last several breaths? No, no, no. Is it worth, you know, twisting, getting twisted up about? No, not at all. Uh, if, this, if this is to be my last uh, evening on this planet, how do I want to... Uh, how do I want to go out? So you can, you can just even say five, five more breaths. Lie there in bed, five more breaths, and then that's it, you know. Let go. You know, you're at five, and I think, okay, thoughts of loving kindness. That's how I, I want to have some of those. Breathe in, breathe out. Got four left. Mm. Thoughts of letting go, thoughts of forgiveness. Breathe in, breathe out, let go. Three more to go. Yeah. Transiency, moving on, unknown, comfortable with that. Two left, one left, and then poof, gone. So that's, you know. It's a very powerful kind of recollection to uh, disentangle from the proliferative process. And the more you work with those kinds of um, contemplations, perceptions, faster one moves on from, from uh, being fooled by these paper tigers. And, uh, from what we hear, the ultimate goal is just to, you know, never pick them up to begin with. You know, it's the, the cessation aspect of practice becomes the non-arising aspect of practice. There's a, a phrase from the Buddha's teachings, forever 
for however you conceive it, it's always other than that. Which is a really profound, uh, profound statement on, on a number of different levels. You know, the most, more conventional level being, you know, what we create, you know, uh, how, we, how we view something or how we experience something or how we think something is going to turn out. Uh, the projections that we make are very often, usually, almost always, very different uh, when they actualize. Uh, and then even more profoundly, it's you know, just the whole process of conceptualization and identification uh, with the sense of me or mine or I, self. Um, that's just a, a total fabrication um, uh, when compared to the actual raw experience, the uh, actual way things are as, composed to our, as opposed to our conception uh, of them. So reflecting on that is uh, very useful as well. And while we're still in the um, realm of samsara, uh, while we're still living in the realm of conditions, um, we can also use that uh, fabrication process, that uh, uh, supposition, supposing things into reality, that construction, um, creation of conventions, to, to create skillful conventions, to create skillful constructions. Um, skillful ways of uh, seeing the world, viewing the world. Uh, they are constructed. There are conventions, uh, but they're ones that uh, lead us into clarity and peace. And I think, you know, just going back to the fact that this is the ending of a uh, winter retreat, uh, just realizing too that you know, winter retreat uh, is a uh, constructed reality. It's a convention. We have this period of time from January 1st to March 31st. We define it. We, we uh, conceive it in a sense. We um, uh, construct it uh, as a convention. It's what we call it, and we call this convention winter retreat. It happens so far, for the past 25 years or so, it's, it happens every January 1st to March 31st. It's the convention of winter retreat. At the beginning, we have a certain ceremony. We make our uh, plans for how to um, schedule it and uh, themes. That's a convention, and we have a, a closing ceremony, like we're going to be doing very soon uh, as part of the convention. And we wrap it all up, call it winter retreat. And um, as of tomorrow, we'll be entering a period where we're not on winter retreat. We call it a convention, the regular year, the regular way of operating with its own set of uh, conventions. So these are really skillful conventions. Um, and we use them as, as tools. Uh, 
And they are conventions, supposed into reality, given a tag, a name. But the, the more we go through them, year after year after year, too, you, you see the rhythm. Uh, and uh, the more you pull yourself into the, the present moment, the, the less uh, we compartmentalize it. Um, certain ebbs and flows of energy and engagement uh, throughout the year, winter retreat being a, a different one set, uh, regular year being a different set. But really, it's all just a, a flow of, of events, energy, and movement. And, and the task is to just stay centered and uh, allow the experience to flow, uh, see it for what it is, and let it, let it go, let it pass. Let it become a memory. Um, and use what we've learned uh, as we move through the next bit. But always keeping that sense of presence in the moment, in the present moment, at the fore, and not getting lost in the uh, perceptions, the sanya of the past. Sanya is what creates the past, or our idea of the past. Or getting involved in sankhara, you know, projections, creations for the future. Sankhara is what creates the future. We create all. We still live through all of these creations in the present moment, but if we can see them clearly, just for what they are, without imputing any additional conceivings, any additional meanings onto the what's happening right here, right now. Um, then that's our opportunity to uh, realize uh, the end of suffering. And a very important part of that, as I started with, was, is this act of uh, forgiveness, uh, letting the past be the past uh, and moving on. Uh, if there were any difficulties, problems, issues, um, Hopefully, you know, we learned something from them, how to skillfully deal with them in the future, and um, just uh, move on to experiencing what's here in front of us, uh, right here, right now. So these are just uh, a few thoughts for uh, the last evening of our winter retreat 2023. And um, we'll go ahead and uh, uh, do uh, the asking for forgiveness ceremony um, and go from there. <laughs> 